welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today we have Tony Okamoto. How are you today? I'm so well. Thank you for having me on, Doctor. Uh, call me Lori, please. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, Tony comes from us or comes to us from Plant Based on a Budget, which is awesome. So we have so much to talk about because these are one of the two main reasons you focus on are time and money, and these are some of the biggest biggest hurdles and excuses I hear all the time that people say they can't do a plant-based um, diet appropriately. So, but first you have a really cool story. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you moved into, you know, a vegan diet and, or, or moved into more of a plant-based diet? And what was that, that journey like for you? Sure. I grew up eating mostly processed foods. I, okay. So that's, Okay, let's go back just a little bit. I'll go all the way back. My dad was in the Navy, and he was active duty, so he was away a lot. And so during that time, I lived with my grandparents. And when I lived with my grandparents, my grandparents were totally retired and gave me all of the love and attention that I could ever possibly need. And something that they really loved to do was garden. And so my early childhood, I did have access to a lot of fresh foods because my grandpa spent his time in his garden. And then when my dad came back, I was around 11, 12 years old, and we bought a house. He had a VA loan. We bought a house, and um, he didn't really have the best cooking skills, so we ate a lot of processed foods. Some of my favorite were those $1 pastas that were frozen, like Alfredo pastas or uh, a can of chili with hot dogs. So those are the types of things that we were eating, hamburger helper. And, and so I didn't have a lot of experience cooking healthy, fresh food, and neither did my dad. So <laughs> from there... I kind of lived on a standard American diet until I hit my high school years and became a track runner. And track helped me realize that what I put into my body would affect how I performed. And that was something that my coach taught me. I had been eating a lot of Taco Bell, which was the nearest restaurant to my school. So at lunch, I would leave campus and go have two tacos and a bean burrito and then come back and not understand why I was feeling so sick after I was really pushing my body. And he said, you know, try eating healthier. Try stopping the fast food lunches. Maybe consider cutting out red meat. That would be good. And so that was the very beginning. The genesis of my plant-based journey was cutting out red meat from my diet. And I did not cut out fast food completely, but I stopped on days that I knew that I was going to be active. Mm. And that made a huge difference. I began to thrive as a runner and slowly, very slowly and gradually started eliminating all of the animal products, starting with the red meat. And then after I graduated from high school, moved out of my parents' house, I became a vegetarian. And then in early college, I joined a veg club mm. and learned about animal suffering. And that was a big reason why I became vegan. Mm. And here I am uh, nearly 12 years later. Nice. This is fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the evolution of how you came up with plant-based on a budget. So I got really super into activism. And around the time I became plant-based in the veg club, I I learned about the suffering of animals. I got really involved. And something that I heard when wanting to share my message with people of how I became plant-based was that it was too expensive. That's something I've heard over and over and over and over again. And some of the people I really wanted to try plant-based living were suffering pretty severely from diet-related health issues, like my family. My family... I desperately, desperately wanted them to eat healthier because they were falling apart. They, uh, my uncle was only 40 when he had a heart attack. My grandpa had, uh, he died from uh, complications in a triple bypass surgery. My aunt had multiple amputations uh, and died from type 2 diabetes. And then 
Other people were suffering from things like gout and high blood pressure and high cholesterol. And it was just such a common thing in my family with the people I loved to be suffering because of the foods that they were eating. And when I brought up the subject of maybe trying plant-based, because that's something that has made me feel healthy, the biggest concern was cost. You know, there's this misconception that you have to shop at Whole Foods or at your local co-op or that you have to take on this whole new lifestyle when eating healthy or plant-based or eating healthy and plant-based. And mm-hmm. and so what I did was I started with my friends contributing to Plant-Based on a Budget. I started Plant-Based on a Budget as a blog. And my friends and I started putting recipes that our families ate that were cheap. We shopped at the regular grocery store near our house, a conventional grocery store, and with ingredients that were familiar. And, uh, and then it grew from there. Awesome. So then as it evolved, so tell us what's available now on Plant-Based on a Budget. Well, now I do Plant-Based on a Budget full-time, and I am able to ask my audience what they need. And so, as I mentioned, I started with just recipes, but I would regularly tell people, and at that time I was doing it as a passion project, so I had a full-time job. Uh, I would tell people, you know, it's so cheap. You can do it for just maybe $30 a week, $35 a week. And they'd be like, yeah, but I'm using your recipes and I'm having a hard time piecing things together and keeping my budget that low. Do you have maybe a meal plan or something? And so then I was like, okay. I know my audience is having a hard time. I'm going to start creating meal plans. And what I used as a model was uh, the amount of money that is offered to people who receive maximum benefits of the uh, supplement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, And so I started to go from there and I made it a little bit cheaper, in fact. So I did $25 per week and I put them on plant based on a budget and they became the most popular the most popular resources on plant based on a budget and i took that approach all along the years that i've been doing it i've now run plant based on a budget for 7 years and i ask people what they need and focus on creating those resources so now i have a mini documentary called 7 days doc which is on 7daysdoc.com which is inspirational. So if people are having a hard time, we show that it can be done. And with that, we did, uh, we went on Craigslist. I did it with my uh, partner in a lot of these resources. Her name is Michelle Kane. We went on Craigslist, said, we will pay for your groceries and we will guide you if you've been on this health journey and feel like you can't do it alone. We will guide you, we'll coach you, and buy all of your food and give you medical attention. So if you if you don't have healthcare insurance, that's okay. We will pay for it. And we found this wonderful man named Raul. He lived about an hour away from us in a rural town. He is from a Mexican community. Doesn't cook ever. He um, ate fast food. He said about twelve. 13 times a week. And, uh, and every time he ordered about seven or eight things off of the menu, spending a ton of money. He was pre-diabetic and he suffered with how he felt about his body. And anyway, we were so proud of him. We got him his blood tested on the first day and on the seventh day. And he met with Dr. Michael Greger by video And we got to um, just walk him through the plant-based lifestyle. We showed him how to cook easy, super duper fast, effortless meals that were healthy and whole foods plant-based. And we also um, showed him how to grocery shop, something that he had never done on his own. And in the seven days, by the end of it, he had gotten out of the pre-diabetic zone he lost eight pounds and he um, dropped, uh, I think he went from 150 to, se- to 70 in um, his LDL cholesterol. Mm. And so, yeah, it was really good. And 
we were very proud of him. So I did that and that was to get people inspired. And then I also have a podcast too, which is, it's called the Plant Powered People Podcast. And with that, Michelle and I can't speak to every experience ourselves. And we understand that there are so many obstacles that come with plant-based eating. Mm -hmm. And we bring on people to discuss how they overcame those obstacles. And some of the things we usually talk about are, or we have talked about, are what it's like to co-parent with an omnivore or what it's like to work in a restaurant that serves animal products or just all these things that don't change when you become a plant-based person. Right. Absolutely. I had a patient actually that was, had gone vegan because she worked in a chicken factory and now she was trying to get away from that. But, um, the poor thing, she, she, she was really suffering and, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's great. So you actually take the needs of your audience and you're, you're doing your best to meet those and I'm sure surpassing it. So the, um, what was the website for someone to watch the documentary? Seven days doc.com seven days doc. And is that seven spelled or seven, the number seven, seven, the number. Yes. Gotcha. Seven and days it's only doc. 14 minutes. It's a quick watch and awesome. it's very uplifting. So there's no graphic content. It's, it's mostly good, inspiring content. It's Raul getting better. Yep. Raul getting better. <laughs> All right. Love it. All right. Awesome. So let's go to plant based on a budget. Like what is your your pillars, would you say, for your program? Like, what are there some basics that, regardless of who you are and where you are and where you are in this journey, like there's across the board in the country, whatever foods, like, is there some basic tenets that you found are, are found to be very helpful for people to save money? Yeah. So, in our, okay, so Michelle and I host this every year. I'm sorry. Every year, Michelle and I do a new year, new you challenge in January where we help people who are aspiring to eat healthier in the new year. We walk them through plant-based eating and we start them with very basic recipes. We do it with them. There's a support group for it. And she did it shopping at Whole Foods, buying mostly organic. And I did it. It from the East Coast at Walmart. Mm. And it was two totally different stores, but we both came, we both went into it or came out of it having a very affordable grocery bill. I think I spent about $20 for the week's worth of food at Walmart in Maryland. And she spent $38. And so if your goal is to eat 100% organic, and you feel most comfortable shopping at a place like Whole Foods, you can still really cut your budget down by being conscious of what you're buying, by looking at the bulk bins, by making sure that you're swapping. Say we say kale, but spinach is dramatically cheaper, maybe a dollar cheaper. Go for the spinach. We teach people how to do those types of swaps so that they're looking for the cheaper ingredients that will meet the same needs. And then at Walmart, uh, I, I wasn't sure I didn't do my meal planning based on Walmart. So I wanted to do, I know that that is a very uh, accessible grocery store for people who live in the middle of the country. And so I, I did my meal plan there uh, one year and found that you can, you can have a well-balanced, inexpensive, plant-based, healthy meal plan for 20 bucks for the entire week for one person. Wow. So what is your, what would be some of the examples in your meal plan for the week? Uh, for breakfast, it's pretty boring. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of oatmeal. Oatmeal is super cheap. And then I would do an unsweetened uh, soy milk with uh, bananas, a sweetener, and some seeds. Sunflower seeds are the cheapest, so I, I tend to go with some sunflower seeds in my oatmeal. And then for the entrees, you cook four entrees for the entire week, and then you use them as leftovers so you're not spending so much time. I know that for myself, I work a lot, and the last thing I want to do after work every every day is come home and make this elaborate meal. So I do a lot of the meal prep on one day and I cook the meals as many as I can on my day off so that I'm not 
worrying about it at all during the week after work. And I would do something like a chili or I would do a stir fry with tofu or a pasta with beans and a lot of vegetables. So those are what my meals look like. They're pretty simple and familiar and easy to make. Okay. What are your cheapest spices? Because I know flavor is a big one, right? So if to have someone stay on, on the diet, I found that we have to really talk about, you know, flavoring foods. So what are your cheaper spices or any tricks there at all? Yeah. So I was on the East coast last week. I live in California, but, and so we don't have a giant where I live, but there was a giant in, in, Arlington where where I was staying. And so I went to Giant and I was really surprised that they had these little tiny packs of spices that were 50 cents. And it was probably maybe maybe like three tablespoons in there. And so if you only need a little bit of, of spices, those options are good. But you can buy cheap spices at the Dollar Tree store. You can buy them at Walmart for 98 cents. You can buy... At international markets, there's often at, I live in a neighborhood that has a Mexican market and you can buy these little baggies for about a dollar. So they're not in those little containers, but they are in a little plastic bag with, I would say probably six tablespoons of, of spice. So those are all affordable uh, and you can get them over time. You don't need to go buy all the spices at once, but maybe if you're on a very tight budget, you can buy one or two bags per month. Mm. Awesome. So then what is your, do you find yourself eating the same type of flavors or certain recipes that you like to, <laughs> to uh, make? That's funny that you asked that because I don't realize it, but because I have access to a a Facebook support group that eats the food that I make, they say that I'm heavy on cumin (laughs) and I didn't realize it, but I guess I do. I love it in soups. I love it in rice. I love it in chili and I love it in tofu stir fries. So I, I, I guess I do like that spice. (laughs) So do you have a favorite, um, recipe like the chili or a stir fry or what do you find yourself eating yourself at home? On a oh, so much soup. I love soup. You can do, it's so versatile. You can puree it. You can add whatever you have in your refrigerator. You can change the spices. You can add noodles. You can add beans. There's just so many ways that you can make soup. And I have a pressure cooker, which I love. It took me a while to want to make the investment. And I ended up buying an instant pot that was damaged on Amazon. So you got, I got $35 off because it had a dent. Um, Mm. but you can buy a cheaper, a cheaper pressure cooker and, Mm -hmm. uh, that is not an instant pot. And that makes my cook time way, 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 way lessened. I can cook quinoa five, for four to five minutes. And awesome. I cook brown rice, brown rice in 20 minutes. And I can do a soup in four minutes. So it's just a, a tool that has cut down my cook time, my active, my active so you, time in the kitchen. Yeah. And if you consider your time is your money, right? That, oh, that is yes. worth the investment. It'll, it'll pay dividends in the end over time. For, for sure. And I use, so I bought a second Actually, I didn't buy it. I got it for my wedding. I put it on my registry, uh, yeah. a second pot for the Instant Pot. So yeah. as soon as one thing is done, I can move it over without having to shovel it into another bowl and steam vegetables. So if I just did my quinoa, I'll steam a vegetable, that st- steam my vegetables. I have a pressure cooker basket that mm. is like a steamer basket. And so you can steam in one minute. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a very... Steam in one minute. Steam in one minute. You just press the steam button for one minute and then you're done. That's fantastic. So besides the pressure cooker, do you have other time-saving tips? Yeah. If you if you can't afford a pressure cooker, I do like slow cookers. That was what I used before I had a pressure cooker. What I liked about that is that time is so valuable that with both of these options, you can just chop your stuff and leave it and not have to nurse your pot on the stove, wonder, mm. like wondering if you're going to 
set, set it to the right temperature and keep stirring and make sure your house isn't burned down with those, with those options, the slow cooker and the pressure cooker, you don't have to pay attention. And so you can do all the other things that you need to do. You can go walk the dog, you can clean your house, you can read a book, there, mm-hmm. just live your life while it's cooking and not have to worry about it and spend that time in the kitchen. So that's something that I, I really like. I'm also into food prep. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, you can do your meals on your day off so mm-hmm. that you're not worrying about them throughout the week. But there's also some other stuff that you can do that's going to make your life easier, like smoothie prep. So something that I do is I put all of my smoothie contents for the week. I, I package them in Tupperware. So I'll put my frozen banana and some frozen berries. And all I have to do in the morning is dump that Tupperware into my blender, add some plant-based milk, and my breakfast is ready. Same with overnight oats. You can prepare your overnight oats so that you're not worrying. I know mornings are so hard, especially if you have kids, especially if you have a commute. It's, it's like the time flies by between when you wake up and when you have to run out the door. So to make that, to have one less step with breakfast is, mm. is really helpful. I like that. So you're basically, I like that how you said that take one less step. So you have this many things that need to be done. What can you do to give yourself a little bit less of a hectic morning? Yes. Amazing. And have the kids get involved too, right? Have them help make their own smoothies and, you know, chop up what they want in there and put in the freezer so it's ready to go. They can drink a smoothie as well. So those are some good ideas. That's awesome. Yeah. And what I, what I started doing when I learned how to cook was I would invite my friends over. I was in college when I was learning to cook. And Mm -hmm. so I would invite friends over and we would cook together. So I would say, uh, you bring the, for making soup, you bring the celery and the carrots. I'll bring the bouillon cubes or the broth and you bring the pasta noodles that we're going to add and you bring the beans that we're going to throw in. And so that made it cheap, but then we divided the labor and hung out together. And I love spending time in the kitchen over food with my friends. That is one of the best, the best, uh, ways to express love and affection for people is sharing food with them for me. Mm And so having that experience and learning how to cook in that way was, was awesome. And even if you don't want to invite all of your friends over to divide the labor, something that happens in my house is I cook dinner and my husband washes the dishes. So it's saving me time. I spend all the time in the kitchen cooking and now I don't have to spend the time doing the dishes. So if you have something like that where you, you want your kids to either help cut things and that's their job or put the dishes in the dishwasher, that is saving that is saving time for you. No, absolutely. So the kids were always in, so we have, I have three and when they were growing up, even before we went plant-based, it was, they were in the kitchen helping. <laughs> they helped set the table. They helped, you know, of course, graduated levels of abilities and what you're bringing them into. You mean do. you weren't having your five-year-old chop all of the onions? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, I was in medical school too when they were little. So my daughter was five when I started. My other two were three and 10 months when wow. I started medical school. So <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time. And so um, I love excuses with patients. Like I don't know if I was like, tell me your excuse. I'm pretty sure I lived it. And so that really is key is bringing them in. But guess now they cook, they cook really well. Like you know, my, my middle older boy, Jonathan, he'll, not a boy, man. Um, he cooks stuff and we're walking and going, what you cooking? Well, it sounds mm-hmm. kind of good. <laughs> so, but you know, that's true. When you bring it in, it's time to talk. You're building relationships with your family. They're, they're talking to you. They're not on their phones, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, that is absolutely true. But we always had the rule. If you dirty a dish, you clean it. So that also helps. And so, um, you know, they don't necessarily have to clean up all the the big pots, but if even just everyone did their dishes that they dirty their cups and their plates and their forks and stuff, that's huge. So, um, but yeah, we, they, I made (laughs) the boys were so happy when I didn't make them, I didn't have anything to cut my onions anymore. I was like, (laughs) ah, so, but yeah, I tortured them a little. (laughs) One thing that you just mentioned is, uh, not being on your phone. And that is actually a rule in my house. I have a candle on the table and whenever I light the candle and that's at dinner, 
everyone puts their phone away. So I don't care if you're my guest. I don't care if you're my in-laws or my dad. I will tell you that you need to put your phone away because that is just the rule at my table. Right. It's, it's become such a, a world obsessed with technology and fast communication. Like you, if someone messages you, you feel obligated to respond immediately, regardless of the importance. And that makes whoever you're hanging out with have a break in connection. So in order for me and my husband, mostly that's, that's who I'm regularly dining with. Uh, every day we have dinner at the dinner table and we put our phones away and we catch up on what happened in our lives for the time we didn't see each other. Cause that's a long time when you work a full-time job and you don't get to hang out with your kids or your spouse. Uh, mm-hmm. And to have that quality time that's uninterrupted is really meaningful and special. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as they become more active and everyone's doing their own activities. And then once they're teenagers and they're driving and before you know it, they grow up and they leave (laughs) and you're like, what just happened? So that time is really important. And I feel fortunate that we were kind of in this time and my kids weren't big into social media. So, you know, as that social media has become such a, a mainstay in everyone's life and being online, we weren't really on it as much until they got a little bit older. They were in high school or even past high school that they would even, cause they knew I'd be on there stalking them as well. So <laughs> I have no problem stalking to them. So, um, so yep. that turned out into our benefit, but it is, you can get sucked in so quickly. And it's so sad to go to restaurants and see people, you know, there's, you know, six people sitting at the table and they're all like this, you know, looking at their phones. I'm like, you guys are together. (laughs) I feel like going up and saying something, but boy, that alone could save time, right? So put away your phone so you're not distracted and you may save 30 minutes more time than you realize when you are making a meal. Hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. So when you're grocery shopping, so tell us a little bit about what we should be looking for. Like, when do we know something's a good deal in a grocery store? Like, is there, is there certain parts of the label we should be looking at the pricing units or like what exactly would you consider a good deal? Yes, that's a good question. So when you walk into the grocery store, there are a lot of what seem to be good deals. So they're highlighted. They are either right when you walk in in the aisle way, they're at the caps of the aisles and they're like big sale signs. Just skip right over those because those are often um, paid displays by the companies. And that doesn't mean that they're the cheapest. They're on sale but it doesn't mean that they're going to be the cheapest option. And so what I like to do is go to the section of the thing that I actually need. So say I need salsa and I see salsa from Pace that's on sale right here. I'm still going to go to the salsa section to make sure that that is either the best deal or the best for me that I want. And, uh, and then I look at the price per ounce. So the price per ounce will give you a better sense of how much you're actually spending on the food that you're getting. And oftentimes it's the store brands that are the cheapest. So I'm, I'm usually getting whatever is the store brand. And it's interesting because sometimes the store brand is just a brand that may be a big brand with the store brands label slapped on it. And Mm -hmm. so the private labels, it doesn't mean that the the grocery store made that food. It could be that they just, um, work with a brand, get a discount from them and are able to pass along those savings with their label on it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then I found if you sign up for this, this is, this was a surprise to me. So I lived in Western Colorado. I shopped at Walmart often or a city market or Kroger store. I lived in a little town. And what's funny is I signed up for the Kroger store card and, you know, for discounts on gas, that was the original reason. And then before I knew, I started getting coupons for all these healthy foods, right? It was produce, $20 off produce. Are you kidding me? And it would be um, all these amazing stuff. And I was like, they weren't, they quit sending me, you know, coupons for stuff that I didn't eat any longer because they want you to come back. And I always Mm -hmm. tell people, sign up for those cards. You're going to be sent coupons for the things that you eat. Um, And I'm like, seriously, $20 off 
produce is phenomenal. Our frozen fruit, oh my goodness, you get buy one, get one free. Are you kidding me? This is phenomenal. So, and uh, our bill dropped. There were five of us. Um, I had, at the time we went to a plant-based diet, there were 13, 15, and 18. That was seven years ago. And my bill dropped. And remind you, I have two teenage boys there at that time and the husband. He eats a lot too. <laughs> dropped $400 a month. And, wow. Um, yeah, and I wasn't, I was just like, are you kidding? So, you know, of course, then we, we started looking at healthier options and eating less processed, but that was just a switch to just plant-based foods. And some of it was still processed because I was buying Boca crumbles at first. So I was like, how do I replace the meat that we had in our chili? Because <laughs> you know, I grew up in New Mexico. I was like, I love cumin's one of my favorite go-to as well. So I was like, that really made a big difference. And so it's like, boy, this is like getting a raise. I didn't have to work harder. <laughs> yep. yep. And uh, that's, that's a really good point. I, what I recommend doing is there, at this point in time, our every single grocery store has an app and many of them have digital coupons. So if you go to Target or Sprouts or Walmart or all, all these big stores, they have an app that offer additional savings. So you can go in. And I remember my mom, she would come in with these, this like really big accordion folder that was organized with paper, paper coupons. And it'd be like done by store and then by what, what section of the store it was. And she's super organized. She'd come with this big organized accordion folder, look in it, hold up the line, pulling out coupons. And now we don't need to do that. You can privately in your own home, clip all the digital coupons and then quickly (laughs) scan your barcode when you're there. And it's not holding up the line or embarrassing. No. Okay. So... I love coupon. So whenever, when uh, my husband first and I got married, um, we, our daughter was born a month before our first anniversary. We were young. I was 23 with my first wow. one. And, um, and I remember diapers being such a phenomenal expense. And so I'm telling you that coupon, I had the accordion folder for many years and I would bring it with me. I think even as recently as six, seven years ago, <laughs> uh-huh. all my clip coupons would be, you know, and it'd all be listed and I'd be looking and stuff, but you could easily save 50, $60 a grocery trip. Oh, sure. For and, sure. Oh my goodness. I mean, and baby formula once, you know, you stop breastfeeding. I was like, this is a crazy, <laughs> yep. but, um, they just get more expensive, you know, children do, but, but in the beginning, you're just like, Whoa, where did I, this is a car payment on diapers. <laughs> <laughs> It's painful, but yeah, I, I totally get the coupons and I still love coupons. It's just, you know, it's funny how you, it's, you think about it. You're like, I'm saving 25 cents. You're like, yes. Or you're looking to save three cents per gallon on a gas. And it's like, as if for 30, for some reason, that's such a big deal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. It was, it was really interesting. Cause I will, I have no shame holding up the line, saving money, getting the cheapest prices, get, pulling out my coupons, whatever it takes with my calculator. I, I really, at this point, don't care. And I actually talk about this in my book a little bit where I, where I got that mindset. But um, my, my husband was like, would you stop and pick up 10 cents on the ground? Like if you were in a hurry, would you stop and pick up the dime on the ground? And I was like, oh uh, yeah. He's like, really? Because I don't think I would. I don't think I'd pick up the dime. But I am so concerned about saving the 10 cents, pulling out the 10 cent coupon out of my purse uh, so that I can save that money. But I do think that I would stop and pick up the dime. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an education also for the people behind you and the people in front of you. <laughs> I love it because every single time I go grocery shopping, like this is the healthiest grocery, you know, you know, the customer I've had all day. I was like, and oh, yep. so let's start talking. So I'm like, um, so, you know, you should probably eat a plant-based diet. That's what I do. It's the healthiest option you have. So tell us about the mindset. So where did you get this mindset of oh, yeah. saving? Oh, yeah. So my dad, he would regularly embarrass me at the grocery store wanting to save a dollar on something and making the checker go and look for the price and figure out or call it over the overcome. And ha- we'd have this line developing with people tapping their feet and uh, and so it was just so embarrassing as a little girl. Uh, but my dad, I remember being like, dad, please, you're embarrassing me. Can you just, we don't really need to save the dollar. And he was like, why? And I said, these people are, they're just, they're like annoyed with us. And he's like, do you, 
do you think I care? They don't pay my bills. Why would I care about them? I pay my bills and I need that dollar. And so now I always think, right, all these people, I'm, I don't know them. They don't worry about my finances and therefore I don't, I, I'm sorry they're inconvenienced, but I don't feel bad that I'm trying to do what's best for me and my family. But that's your perception of their, and, and if they're feeling inconvenienced, there's other lines, there's other grocery stores, there's other times. So <laughs> that's people true. Are, people are just impatient. And I think, you know, use that time to talk to the person behind you say, Hey, how's your day doing? Or, you know, check your Facebook scroll. <laughs> so <laughs> most of them are doing it anyway. So yeah, yeah. It, we become so disconnected and um, even doctor's visits, right? So I do telemedicine now for the last two years and I love it. And so what was interesting, you know, it, it's very true. So when you look at patients and they're, they talk about their visits, there's always like something between the doctor and they're looking down at their computers and looking, the doctor's not being even a doctor anymore. So even your doctor visit is you're not connecting with each other, which is unfortunate. So, yeah. Mm. but so let's talk about a few tips here pull up your book oh by the way guys here's your book for those on youtube plant based on a budget it's awesome it's beautiful photos by the way thank so, you and the recipes i've already made a few and they're quite delish and um because a lot of these like potatoes and oatmeal and you have i mean you have every i've even learned a few things on here i'm like oh my goodness this is delicious pumpkin bites are good um tofu scrambles i mean but you have some really good stuff here um, and I really want to talk, I think time, you know, you talk about, you have listed here, oh my gosh, 20, 30, 30 different ones on how to save money. Um, but you also have the same time because I think time is a big one. One, you know, we can wrap our head around the money, I think pretty quickly with coupons and buying in season and some other things. But when you talk about, you know, we talked a little bit about time with slow cooker and the pressure cooker, but I want you to talk about leftovers because I think there is something there that people aren't always focused on is what they can do with leftovers. It's not just leftovers, the same meal, but what can you do with leftovers? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And I love soup for that reason is that I can do a lot with it. So uh, one of the recipes in my book is um, a split pea soup and split pea soup you can make in a lot of different ways. So maybe the first day you eat the split pea soup, you can have uh, a basic split pea soup, but maybe the next day you can add a little bit of hickory smoke and have it more of that traditional smoky. It's usually got bacon grease in it. So instead of that bacon grease, which is bad, you can add the flavor, which is in hickory smoke and it, mm. it'll be a different flavor and feel like a new meal. Mm. And then the next day by the, maybe like two days in your pea, your split peas, they turn into like a block of mush <laughs> and they're still delicious. But what I do instead of having it as a soup, because it's now a salt, more of um, a dense, a dense, uh, I don't know how, how you would it's explain like it. A, um, like a hummus, just kind of it, it, the, the absorption of the fluid, right? So yep. the beans expand and yep. so they become more thick and you almost scoop them out like a potato almost, like yes. a mash, like a mash. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mash. So what I like to do is then I, I make brown rice and then I'll serve that over the brown rice. So it's a totally different meal. And so you can do so much with just the one big pot of soup that you made and not get tired of it. I know that for me, when I am eating the same thing, I get tired of it. And so I'll make one big giant pot of whatever it is, soup, chili, stir fry, soup, I'm sorry, uh, curry. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, seven days of this. I'm so over it. I'm never making it again. But what you can do is just switch up the spices. One day add lemon juice and hot sauce. One day add this. And you don't have to put that all in the whole pot. You can just serve your portion and add a little bit of lemon juice and hot sauce so that mm -hmm. it's something different. And then the next day you can have that solid base of split pea soup, then add the hickory smoke or whatever mm -hmm. uh, so that you're regularly having new flavors and it feels different and exciting, mm -hmm. but you're only yeah. having to do the labor once. That's that's the key, right? Labor once, but just be a little bit creative with just the, the meal prep for that night. It doesn't take much time at all. So 
I think I'm pretty much sure I burnt out one of my children on three bean chili. <laughs> it's so easy to make. And I love chili. Like I grew up in New Mexico. So I was cooking at the state fair enchiladas and stuff by um, eight, you know? And so I figured out how to make that chili can turn into a burrito, can turn into an enchilada, can turn yes, into yep. <laughs> on top of quinoa, you name it. There's so many. It can, then it can be turned blended. It can be put on top of a salad. <laughs> so, yep, exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. And I really like this too. Can you talk a little bit about bouillon? Because I don't think people realize how, how nice that is. Yes. So I know that having lived in really small spaces, uh, mm -hmm for a long time and having tiny galley kitchens from the 1940s, uh, I didn't have a lot of space to buy big cartons of, um, of broth. And it's also more expensive. So what I was doing was buying bouillon cubes and there are lots of different vegan brands uh, at every store. Just go into the section and there will likely be a vegan bouillon. Uh, even at places like Walmart, there is. And and so I started with those. They're very flavorful. You can adjust the water. So if it's too, too salty for you, just add more water. And what I've done is play with it over the years. So their suggestion may not be what I want it to be. And I will play with the water, with adding the water. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I add more water so that it's a little bit less salty, but still flavorful. Mm -hmm. It is a, a richer, a richer taste than the store-bought cans of broth or containers of broth. So uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. It takes up less space. It's a lot cheaper because it's concentrated and it's more flavorful and easier to play with and um, adapt to your own flavor palettes. I love making no chicken chicken soup with the bouillon cubes because that was the first, when my daughter was... Um, home. I can't remember. I don't know. She was home from college one year and she's like, I'm, she had a cold or something. So I just really want chicken soup. I'm like, I'm not making you chicken soup. I'll make you no chicken, chicken soup. So we use, you know, the crumbled uh, tofu, but then I had the veggie bouillon because it really made it that flavor, you know, that she was really seeking. Yeah. Um, and, or you can use like poultry, like a spice blends. Those are really oh, cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That it was, it's making me hungry. Mm. <laughs> So tell us about the no more peeling, because I don't think people ever thought about not peeling. Yes, I think that peeling is such a waste of time. I Sometimes I watch my friends, I'll go over to the house, actually, one of my friends, Anna, she, I would go over to her house and just watch her peel the carrots and be like, why, one, it just took you five minutes to peel three carrots, and two, why? <laughs> and so she actually stopped, which I was really excited about. It's <laughs> time and often the peelings have more nutrition in them and you're tossing them. So I know people who peel the zucchini, peel the carrots, peel the potatoes, peel the sweet potatoes. They, they just remove all the peelings and they're losing extra flavor. They're losing the nutrition. Uh, they're losing the time that it put, that it took to put into peeling. And so right. just stop peeling. Yeah. And I would say the only time that peeling would be important is if you're buying conventional, if you're going to not peel, I would do organic for sure. Okay. Just, just from the pesticide and microbiome doctor thinking brain. But yes, I don't peel potatoes or um, I do peel my carrots. Or maybe I have to kind of play around with the carrots. <laughs> I wonder, think about why, like maybe try it and be like, is this really that different? Especially if they're cooked carrots, like in a soup. Yeah, blending and stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's, I, I know the taste is different if you're just eating them raw because they're a little bit, but, but yeah, I will try that. That's actually a good point. Um, and then talk about the canned beans because you would think people are like, oh, I have to do all my beans and cooking those in the slow cooker or the, the pressure cooker. Is that a good deal to buy canned beans? Uh, it's something that you have to assess your time and your money situation. Do you have more time or do you have more money? And also, do you have a pressure cooker? <laughs> pressure cookers really take the labor again out of it. And so you don't, you don't have to make sure that they're not burning and keep adding water. You just dump it into the pressure cooker. I cook my pinto beans. I usually do a, I cook pinto beans more regularly than any other beans, but I do like black beans and, and you can't cook kidney beans. 
uh, in the slow cooker or or the pressure cooker without bringing them to a boil first for about 10 to 15 minutes on the stovetop because of the toxins in the bean. Uh, so you have to be careful about which beans you're cooking. That's the most common bean, but there are other beans that have those similar toxins. So I, I cook in the pressure cooker or the slow cooker, black beans or pinto beans. I'll also do a, the chickpeas. Mm. And so it depends on what my week looks like. Do I have time? Do I have the energy and the mental capacity to start making my own beans from scratch? Um, especially when I didn't have a pressure cooker, that was something that I had to consciously think about. Otherwise, if I don't, if I feel just really drained or if I'm just too busy, having cans of beans on hand is a lifesaver. It's a healthy protein that I'll add to my salads or to my, um, uh, like so many different things, a pasta. So if I wanted to just quickly boil some pasta, pour some marinara sauce, that's a quick way for me to get some protein in there. And I I recommend always having them. So even if you're not up for making the beans from scratch, you have them as an option. Absolutely. So I buy canned beans because I just don't have time. I I guess between working my regular full-time doctor job and I do the journal and then other stuff, it's like, there's just no time in interviewing amazing people like you. So I'm like, nope. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. But I know that there are some, like I talked to some people online who they are a full-time mother. They have three to four kids uh, and they want to save money and have the time because they're at home to set the slow cooker, pressure cooker. And, Mm. and that's, that's, Saving that extra money is important. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when the kids were little and we were in medical school, we did a lot of slow cookers. Lot yep. of slow cookers so. <laughs> yeah, but the beans, you can actually find some pretty decent deals, especially the store brand, like you had mentioned before. So I think that's really important. Um, mm-hmm. Very cool. And then I like this one. This is this is like, you almost need, you need a MAPS program for this for every store. You say plan your shopping route. Can you tell us about, elaborate elaborate that a little bit? Yes. So for a long time before I started meal planning for other people, I would create an ongoing list of things I need and it would be based on what runs out in my house. And then I would take that list and go to the grocery store and go in order of what I needed based on when it ran out in my house and not considering that one is going to be in the produce, one is going to be in the frozen section, one is going to be in the bulk section. And so I would walk over there and then walk back over here and then walk to the bulk section. And it would spend, it would take me like an hour and a half to go to the grocery store. And now that I organize my shopping list, I say, okay, what is in the produce aisle? When I walk in, I know that the produce sales is going to be the first thing. So put everything in the produce section first. And then I know that where I go, the bulk aisle is right next to the produce section. So then I go to get the bulk bins and then everything else by where it is in the store. And I know my store pretty well. So I now am familiar enough to um, combine all the the sections. (laughs) So if you are not yet familiar, you you will become familiar. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. And um, I always, I always think, I always tend to go to the produce first, but if I think about it, I want to go cans and heavier objects first on the bottom because uh-huh. then I'm spending time rearranging things to put the cans. It's not squishing this or squishing oh, that. Yeah. So like if I had just gone to get the, you know, the soy milk and the canned foods first and the frozen, then I could put my produce on top, but I enjoy the produce because it's so pretty and I know I just love the produce section. Yeah, it is really oh. pretty. Oh, my I have goodness. another tip that's similar to that. Yeah which is in the kitchen when you're cooking, and this is a tip in my book too, which is um, put a little compost, either a bowl or your compost bin uh, next to your cutting board so that you don't have to keep walking back and forth. Um, So I keep my compost in the refrigerator. And I know that some people throw it in the garbage can. So if you throw it in the garbage can, you're either walking to your compost bin in the refrigerator or on your somewhere else or the garbage can and then keep walking back and forth. But if you just, when you're starting to cook, put all the produce by you on the counter, put your, your compost bowl beside you or your compost bin, then you don't have to keep walking back and forth, which Mm -hmm. saves even just a few minutes is super valuable. 
Absolutely. I, I do the exact same thing. Done it. I think my mom did that. It's like she would just have like a bowl of place and just, <laughs> like, yep. and then you can do whatever you need to do with it afterwards. Very good. Uh-huh. And I know you're t- pressed for time here, but I want this one, I think is on, that's why I saved it for last. I think it's really, really important. So we, we've tried to minimize, we've really got rid of a bunch of stuff as the kids grew out and we didn't, you know, we, we showed going to a much smaller place over the last three or four years. And, but I think part of that though, too, is like you mentioned here, it says, get to know your kitchen. So you're minimalizing, but there's a few things, items like a good knife and stuff that you would talk about here, but can you tell us what would be the, um, what do you mean by get to know your kitchen? Cause I think kitchen organization is really, really helpful. And, um, if, you, if it's done thoughtfully, it can save a ton of time. Yes. So especially if you're not really familiar with your kitchen, this is important because people who are watching or listening or who know their kitchen really well, they're like, ah, of course, how, how would I not know my kitchen? I'm in there all the time. But I know friends who just started cooking and they're in their early 30s late thirties, early forties. And they're just like, they, they bought all this stuff that they thought they needed and stuck it in places in their kitchen and not with any organization and are now trying to figure out how, how to cook, how to be in their kitchen, how to utilize the tools they've already purchased. Okay. So organize it so that everything is grouped with like tools. And Mm. for example, in my kitchen, I under like pretty close to my stove, I keep my pots and that way I'm not traveling across my kitchen. And then right beside my, uh, okay. I wish I had like a, like a chart a to show you, a <laughs> diagram of my kitchen. Uh, then I have the knives where I would do my cutting. So I have a special spot. I don't have a very big kitchen and I don't have a lot of space. So I put it where I have the most space to cut produce. So I, I keep right underneath that cat, that um, counter space. I keep my knives on top and then I keep my cutting board right below. And so it's easy for me to just quickly top it right there. And then that's right next to the stove where I can take the pot pat or pot or pan, put on the stove and cook. And I'm not traveling across my kitchen back and forth. And uh, the knives, that is something I talk about in my book where I didn't even know good knives were a thing. I, I've got some hand-me-down knives that my parents had spent decades already using and it would take me five minutes to cut a tomato. And I just thought, this is how you cut tomatoes. You saw them for minutes. (laughs) And so then investing, and I didn't even buy really expensive knives. I went, you can get them at Marshall's or Ross or something like that, or Home Goods, a $5 good, decent Cuisinart knife, or you can go on Amazon and get a pack of them for $20, which is what I did, which came with a bread knife and a paring knife and a like all these different knives uh, for $20. And I think right now they're on sale for $17. Uh, So yeah, getting a good knife will save you a lot of time in the kitchen because it's a very quick slice instead of sitting there for minutes sawing. So yeah, let me tell you about knives. And a dull knife will cut you faster than a sharp knife for sure. And so the one thing too that um, for those with moms, Mother's Day is coming up, I will tell you, make that a mother's day gift. And so what we have, I have a, a block. So about five, six years ago, my my husband started me on my knife set journey. So I got the first knife and then I got the second knife. So birthdays and mother's day. So there's a little bit more expensive knives, but boy, they are really nice knives. And there was this like, right now I'm in Florida for four months and I, my, our stuff is in Colorado and I was like, I really miss my knives. So I was like, every single day that I'm prepping, like, I need my knife. So I read that, but that might be another option is, you know, if you have someone who's in the kitchen and always cooking and if they would appreciate something like that, don't make it sound like, oh, I need you in the kitchen, mom, or here's a knife, but more of like, oh, I really want a good knife. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate. It's like finding someone a vacuum cleaner it depends on their perspective, but that would be a really good option. Like I would be Sinkled over a good knife. So, <laughs> yes. So, I recently got married about a month and a half ago, and I was so thrilled that there are so many things I didn't 
I would probably have never bought for myself ever, even though I'm a professional cook. And for my wedding registry, I put good knives and um, all clad, a couple all all clad pots and pans. And so now I have these lifelong tools that will serve me many times, hundreds and thousands of times (laughs) for the rest of my life. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that's a great gift. Yeah, absolutely. And the one other thing too we bought when we first started this journey was a Vitamix. It's still going and it's the best. I mean, we did have to replace one canister because it, it got dropped and broke. But other than that, that thing has lasted and it's it's used multiple times a day. <laughs> do you mostly do smoothies or do you, more, oh, do you do more than that? Smoothies and sauces and soups and huh. nut butters. Nut butters, I've made, even on the regular Vitamix, I make oat, you know, oat um, flour. I make like banana bread out of that. And I mean, just, I've made, oh, I've made like those little energy balls. Use dates get up in there. It's a little bit to clean it out, but hmm. Or if you you have a, I have a little food processor too that's in Colorado that I'm waiting to come back to. But it's, oh my goodness, it's the best tool ever. So it's well worth the investment. So saving the money to, to buy that has been phenomenal. Hmm. Yes. And if there are people who, this is something I wrote extensively about in my book, but yeah. if, if there are people who don't have anything, don't feel like you need to go out and buy everything before you can start oh. eating healthy. You can use whatever you have. Go to the thrift store, get a, a pot and a pan, get some basic, basic, knives. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a huge expense to start eating healthy. You can use what you have, go to Ikea, go to the Dollar Tree store and get some Tupperware. You don't need the top of the line cooking utensils and tools. Okay. This is so funny. You brought back a very interesting memory. So when I was in college and we were about to, we got married a week before we graduated college and we were about to move into our first place and I didn't have, you know, you live in a dorm, you don't really have anything. So there where I was an RA there, we lived with, um, I was, I went to a Catholic university. I'm not Catholic, but I went to a Catholic, I went to a Catholic university too. Awesome. Where'd you go? University of San Francisco. University of Portland. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, so it was funny is, well, it's not funny, but the, there was one of the assistant director uh, directors had passed away, but he had all these pots. I mean, these were brutal. They had been beat up at pots and some stuff and the RD was trying to get rid of them. So I got like this whole box for like 20 bucks. And that <laughs> lasted the first 10, 15 years of our marriage was this, this man who had passed. <laughs> and you know what? It was, it was awesome because they had big pots little they were didn't match and they were I'm, I'm sure not you know the best um as far as like people looking at coatings and environmental but oh, yeah. for us it was like it was a pot that held food and exactly. that was the best <laughs> but yeah it's like you can go to garage sales you can do you know facebook marketplace you can go to ebay there's so many places to find cheap cheap uh and easy to find uh, things nowadays. I mean, it's just have it delivered to your door. So it's amazing. I, so. I know. I'm so <laughs> grateful for that. I probably don't leave my house enough. I, <laughs> I should probably go get some vitamin D right after this call because <laughs> yeah. I never have to leave that. anymore. I know. Absolutely. I don't even leave for work anyways. I'm doing telemed. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, it has been a delight and I know we're running up a time just one last thing. Do you have any one last piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners and that you find that uh, people find useful? Yes. I, I think that I, I remember for myself, at least, uh, I thought that it had to be this all or nothing journey that I need. What For me, it was becoming vegan. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try being vegan. And the first time I tried, I failed. I was vegan for like two days. And I was like, well, it's not for me, but I'm so grateful that I tried again. And I, at that time I went at a pace that was more comfortable and that set me up for long-term success. And it was, so it was long-term and gradual. Mm-hmm. And so rather than saying, okay, I got to get rid of all of the animal products. I got, I got, I stopped drinking cow's milk. Then I stopped eating yogurt. Then I stopped doing this. And by the end I was, it was cheese. Uh, and <laughs> I was able to 
slowly let go of the foods that I had grown up forever eating. And it's, it's a really big, I know that there are some people who can do it overnight, but that was not me. And if that's not you, just keep going. It's about progress and not perfection. It's about taking in as many healthy plant-based dishes as possible. And if you mess up or if you on purpose (laughs) ate something, no worries. Just keep choosing Mm plant-based. Absolutely. I think every, and those habits build and then before you know it, you've reached your goal. So very, very good sage advice. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. If I can go from eating um, hot dogs and canned chili beans, beef, canned chili beans uh, to being fully plant-based for quite some time now, then I believe you can too. Absolutely. And Tony, it's been an absolute delight. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.